It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan, a 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic along with Andrew Allison taking you up until 6.30 today as it is the 22nd day of May. 6.07 on the clock and 73 degrees and sunny outside. Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting and phone lines are always open at 740-592-6646. Andrew, good to have you back onto the program. Yeah, glad to be back. Great day. Finally, after all this rain, we have some clear skies. Yeah, finally clear skies. Yesterday it was raining. Might have had a couple, you know, flash flood warnings. I saw a little bit on the weather apps. You know, you always get those notifications whenever you think that it's going to be raining outside. Uh, and then uh, too much, you might get some flooding. Uh, but it seemed, at least in this area, we seem to be A-OK. Uh, but better weather today, 73, yeah, feels like baseball weather, and it's unfortunate because earlier on this week we did hear that the GLSEL will not be having uh, their season this year. Uh, originally it was just two or three teams in the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League that pulled out uh, for various reasons, you know, predominantly because of the COVID-19, uh, the pandemic that's uh, been ongoing, but now the whole league has decided that they will forego the 2020 season. Yeah, and it, it turned real quick. You know, DeWine came out and said, hey, sports can resume. Well, low to non-contact sports can resume the 26th. And, you know, people, at least within the Bison organization, were pretty pretty excited and pretty confident that this season would happen. And then it kind of came out that, oh, well, you know, it comes to travel. Well, there's not allowed as many people on a bus as there was beforehand so now you're having to rent two or three buses instead of one doubling and tripling your cost of travel and that's just not something that these teams could afford to do right it's not like youth sports like where you know, mom and dad will be driving you out to a baseball game and you meet the team there you know when you're talking about these summer collegiate leagues you know they normally travel together in packed vans you know, i know when i was up in alaska and even here uh, with, with the Copperheads last year, uh, but up in Alaska they had three vans that you just packed all three in and you hooked on trailers on the back to carry all the gear and stuff. And then uh, this past summer, you know, we had a nice coach bus that would take us from ballpark to ballpark, uh, but travel, regardless if it's in the GLSCL or outside, you know, travel is an issue because you can't have, like you said, as many people on the bus as you'd like. And because of that, you need to pay more for travel, which, when there's not a whole lot of money going around, uh, going around anyway, becomes a separate issue. Right, and yeah, because like you mentioned, even if you had a decent amount of sponsors, which you weren't going to have as many as you normally do, you still couldn't afford to make up the difference of having either two to three charter buses, or if you were doing vans, you were normally doing two to three vans, so then you were doing three to six vans instead. It's, it was just a logistics nightmare. Right, just trying to figure out, you know, again, transportation is a thing, and then what about housing? You know, finding a place for, for people to live, I don't know 
how the, the there was Licking County Settlers last year, for those who remember the Licking County Settlers, uh, and then changed to the Bison this year, uh, or I guess they will make that change for next year. They made it official uh, this year, but they won't play as the Bison now until 2021. <laughs> uh, but still, you know, it's, it's finding a place for these people to live, too, because... Uh, Again, back in my experience in summer collegiate baseball leagues, you know, up in Alaska, they had host families. So you'd have all these players from around the nation just coming to Alaska and, you know, staying in different people's houses. And they opened their houses. Some would lend them a car. Some would lend them, you know, if you need a clean shirt or two, they'd feed them. Uh, great, great atmosphere and great uh, camaraderie. Uh, within, you know, summer collegiate baseball leagues, especially up there in Alaska. And then here, uh, you know, all the players uh, had a house to live in. I think it's one of the fraternity houses that, or the sorority houses, whichever one, uh, somewhere in Athens, that that they all get together and stay in for the summer. Uh, But what was it like for the Bison or the Licking County Settlers last year? Would they have to, would housing been a problem? Yeah, it would have been, and they... You know, you're always looking. They do the host family, like you had mentioned before. And you're always looking for more host families. But this year, it, it was a scramble to get host families. And I know I had talked to who our general manager, who now just stepped down today after, like, five or six years. This was going to be his last season anyway. And he was saying, he's like, you know, I got, I'm pushing hard to find more host families, more than I ever would have had to in past years. Right, because the whole point of you know the last month or two of being six feet away from each other and social distancing guidelines and everything like that is because you can't be near other people. So the way that summer collegiate baseball would work is you, know, you let people into your houses, they stay in your house. You know, it's very hard to socially distance from someone when you have to let them in to your house every day. Right, and... Not to mention, these guys then have to go sit in a dugout together and not sit as close on a bus anymore, but still have to go sit on a charter bus together or in a van. Right. Or, I mean, even drive themselves if it if it would come down to that, or even if they had the means to do that. Right. And in, in, in the GLSCL, there was no way that that could happen because of you got teams in Michigan a team in Canada, teams in Ohio and Indiana. But now there is another team that's in the that plays at Don Edwards Park, which is where the Bison or the Settlers last year played. And they are actually in a Columbus League. They play around Columbus and Central Ohio. Now that would be one where maybe you could get away with that, but not in the GLSCL. Right, because you even have teams in Indiana. you got a team up in Canada, uh, the St. Clair Green Giants, but the Green Giants... And the Copperheads earlier on uh, said they would not play in the 2020 season. And, yeah, I mean, that is the longest distance. Uh, I forget what was that. I think it was about a six-hour drive from Athens up to Canada uh, to go play that game. We had a two-game series uh, north of the border. And then we had to come down and we facilitated that. I think we saw the Galleon Graders for two games. We tried to play as many games and make the schedule work as possible and not have, you know, as many hotel nights and stays as possible because again cutting costs last year and now uh you know basically trying to figure out you know what what can you do and and what can't you do and you know one of the things right now you you can't spend a whole lot of money and for the glscl since it's all spread out like this uh 
you need to spend some money, which is why I'm I'm not I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised uh, that they closed their doors for the 2020 season. Right, you were talking about the Canada trip. The well, the settlers last year. We just made a whole we made a whole weekend out of it. We went up Friday, spent the night, and then they played Saturday. We did some stuff Saturday night. They played Sunday afternoon, and then we hopped on the bus and went back down to Newark. But yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm honestly not surprised, but it, it was amazing to me how quickly it deteriorated from we think we can play to, oh, maybe not. Well, there or, is. Or definitely not. Yeah, there is like a, a certain sense of optimism, right? Because this has been taken away. Now, here you say, you know, 26th, you know, non contact sports can get back up and going. And that's great. You're excited. You want to do it. But then, you know, from a business standpoint, well, can we actually do this? You know, do we have the money? Do we have the means to actually keep people six feet apart? And when people are reopening businesses, you know, now instead of having a full business and people standing around in restaurants, everybody's got to be seated. Everybody's got to be, I don't even know, if, I guess you can have a, a guard between two tables. That way maybe you can utilize both of them without the tables being six feet apart. As long as your heads, back of the heads aren't touching, uh, you know, but it's uh, difficult from business to business, and yet, I mean, summer collegiate baseball, it is kind of a business while it is, you know, college players trying to get better over the year, uh, better over the summer, you know, somebody's got to be able to pay for them to, to play the gear and, and all the sorts like that. Uh, so it, it made it a whole lot more difficult uh, to try to comply with those guidelines, especially since, you know, you were not going to get the, the amount of sponsors that you had anticipated, and trying to uh, you know, again, comply with the rules that were put in place. Right, and I think they made the right decision. I think, you know, you got you call this year a wash, you save as much money as you possibly can, and then you come back strong next year. Right, now here's something that's interesting, because this could change the shape of summer collegiate baseball moving forward, because now there's a group of Power 5 coaches that are being led by Michigan's coach, uh, Eric uh, Backrich, uh, he's proposing in a letter sent to the college baseball, or he's proposing a later start in the college baseball season. They said it would trim expenses in the post-coronavirus era, making the game more fan-friendly and reduce the risk of injury to players. Uh, under the, I guess there was a 35-page proposal. This was a report in the Associated Press. Uh, under the 35-page proposal, there would be nine weeks of a preseason practice instead of five. Regular season would run from the third week in March to the third week of June, and the College World Series would wrap up the last week of July. Uh, he said the move would increase revenue. Now, I mean, to push back a season like this would really affect summer collegiate baseball, especially those leagues that start in June, that start uh, end of May. Yeah, I would say it would about kill summer collegiate baseball. Because... Um, yeah, because you're not going to get, let's say, a couple teams go far in the College World Series. You, know, you might not see those guys until late July, and then is it even worth it? Right, and, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things, like as the Settlers last year, we had a guy come in, and uh, he played a couple, couple weeks in the beginning of the season, and then he had to go back to Ole Miss to do training in the summer. Well, luckily, he was able to come back for the very last game of the championship series. He hit a two-run homer, and we still lost the game anyway. But we knew he fit right in because he was already there for three weeks prior in the beginning of the season. 
You know, if he just came in and didn't know anyone, does he fit right back in for that very little stretch at the end? I don't know. Right. Is so, the, is, like you said, is it worth it? Is it not at that point? Right. It, it, it is a very difficult thing to, to try to balance there. You know, especially if, you know, summer baseball, not even summer baseball, if, if college baseball, you know, changes their times. Now, I would expect, you know, summer baseball leagues, especially like the uh, the Great Lakes, uh, the the Great Lakes League, the uh, Northwoods League, um, you know, the, the Cape Cod League, like a lot of these teams that are operating in the summer and have been operating probably since the 1970s, uh, I'd expect a lot of pushback from them because they also use those summer collegiate baseball players to bring some business to their towns, especially uh, for those who, who know Brad Walker. He calls a couple games here on the station, uh, does a nice job uh, with the basketball broadcasts. Uh, but, but with Brad, uh, you know, he went to the Savannah Bananas, and I think that's Cape Cod League. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, th- I think that's the Cape, or that's the, uh, no, that's the Coastal Plain League. Uh, sure, the, well, yeah. I'll go with that. Co- Coastal Plain League, you know it because it's got the Savannah Bananas and the Macon Bacon. Uh, you've probably <laughs> heard of those those two teams. Uh, I think the Red Wolves are in that league too, but it's a Coastal Plain League. Uh, but there's it brings a, a large business to a town like uh, Savannah. And even here with the Copperheads, you, know, you have all the baseball guys uh, you know, coming here, eating at restaurants and, and staying here for a little while and, and uh, utilizing the businesses available. You know, it's... It, makes an impact where these college players go and if you push back that college season then like you said it might be the the end of summer collegiate baseball or you might see summer collegiate baseball being shifted towards maybe that gets pushed back uh but still i mean everything has to open back up again before we actually get to see any games right and here's where i think summer collegiate baseball is going to have an issue is because it would save the athletic department a tremendous amount of money to push the baseball or put the baseball season in March because then you're not sending a whole baseball and softball team down South for a month to play because they can't play up North. Right. And and that would drain an athletic department's budget. And now if all of a sudden you're saying, wait a minute, we can start up here on in the third week of March is I believe when the proposed start is, and we're not shipping student-athletes to Alabama, Florida, Texas for a whole month? Yeah, let's go with that. That's true. But anyway, we got some more topics to talk about on the other half of the show. Uh, college football is trying to make a comeback. We'll keep Andrew with us. You're listening to The Sportsman, presented by JK Contracting on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, JK Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at JK be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call JK Contracting at 740 698 3521 for a free estimate. 
Since 1972, Danim Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it is dedicating a line for your computer, running all new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Danim Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Danim Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Danim Electric, 740-593-8813. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for less than a dollar a day. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happened. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For less than a dollar a day with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. 800-218-6710-800-218-6710-800-218-6710. Again, that's 800-218-6710. You are listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Mills on the mic taking you up until 6.30 today with Andrew Allison. Taking you throughout the weekends and then of course we'll be back coming your way on Monday. Hopefully we'll be getting back to that full hour broadcast uh, as soon as we open things up, as soon as things start to open back up again, uh, it would be great to have a broadcast. I know we had a caller yesterday, uh, Andrew, talking about uh, trying to get it back to an hour. We had a good phone call. We had Paul Barron on the broadcast. We might re-air part of that interview uh, at a later time. Uh, but with Paul, it was great to have him on, an Ohio legend, class of 86, uh, Hall of Fame class of 2004. Uh, so it was good to have him talking about some Bobcat uh, athletics and bring back a couple memories there. Yeah, and I'd love to be back to a full hour because that means two things. We get to talk about sports for a full hour, and there's enough sports to talk about for a full hour. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, I'm looking forward to it, especially when, you know, sports come back. You know, give us something more to talk about, uh, which would be great. But hopefully we even, uh, you know, it's been great having Dave Saltzman on the program every Thursday for the last four Thursdays. Uh, so it was good to have him uh, he's, he knows a lot of people in the business, knows the business real well, and has been helping us out uh, tremendously. So it's good to have him on every Thursday. Um, and hopefully we, you know, we, we get some more calls about, uh, we get a couple more alumni from the Bobcats calling in, and who knows where, where those conversations could go. Uh, but where I want to go right now is, you know, SEC is going to allow football workouts on campus beginning on June 8th. Now, SEC and Ohio State, uh, you know, Ohio State Big Ten, SEC down you know, LSU, as I'm sure a lot of people have followed this year, 
but Southeastern Conference schools will be able to bring football and basketball players back to campus for voluntary activities starting June 8th at the discretion of each university. The SEC's announcement is the latest sign that college football season is in some form. Uh, they will go ahead with this this fall. The move comes two days after the NCAA Division I Council voted to lift a memorandum on voluntary workouts on campus by football and basketball players at the end of the month. Uh, Ohio State has already said that they plan on bringing people back uh, on June 8th as well. So it would be, uh, you know, it's nice to see that these individual workouts, it's nice to see that football is trying to make a comeback, and it's not, you know, August, it's not July. They're trying to make a comeback right here in June. Right, and it's nice because it, it looks like almost everyone's going to get the same start date, too. It's not going to be, okay, well, the major universities are opening up two weeks before schools like a group of five school or even bottom-tier power five schools are coming back. It's nice that it looks like everyone across college football is going to get the same start date. Yeah, if they get the same start date, everybody will be on equal footing, uh, which will be good. You know, at least it would be fair. I haven't heard anything yet about the Bobcats and, and what they plan to do at football yet. Of course, when we hear it, we'll say it. Um, but you know, one thing that is going to be going on tonight, where they voted on it, they're in the process of voting on it, but the NHL Players Association is voting on you know, what plan they want to do to come back and bring back hockey uh, which is good. And we haven't really talked a whole lot about hockey, even though we are a uh, Columbus Blue Jacket affiliate. Uh, hockey's trying to make a comeback, and Andrew, you know more about that. Yeah, so they're doing what they're voting on tonight, and they can know as early as um, tomorrow evening is it will be a 24-team playoff. 24 teams, which would include the Columbus Blue Jackets, they would qualify, which... Thank you. I, I would love to watch some playoff games, even though I wouldn't be able to go. Well, if the season ended, they'd still make the playoffs, right? If it was everything was normal and the season just ended where it is right now? It's tricky because they have they played two more games than the other teams around them. So you have to have the other two to play. point ahead of the other teams. Yeah. So if they said, okay, well, we're going to make it to where everyone played 70 games, and if you didn't play 70, we're going to give you the points for those games then no, they would not be in. But with the 2014 playoff, they would be in. However, it does seem like there's a lot of hurdles left with player safety and where, like, the hub cities would be, where, like, the Metropolitan would play, either in Columbus or Pittsburgh. There's still debate on that stuff. Well, even I, I read an ESPN report earlier today saying that they are they might just utilize two hub cities. Yeah, it might be, you know, New York and, uh, what, what was the other one you said? New York and uh, Pittsburgh? I think, I don't know if Pittsburgh, it would probably be like Las Vegas or something. Well, yeah, Las Vegas or something. They'd probably do an east and a west coast. Right. Uh, but they could have the possibility of using, you know, two cities, which which would be nice. Um, again, some way, somehow, bringing back sports, do it safely, um, do it smartly, you know? And this would be the year Columbus would win the Stanley Cup because no fans can be there, just saying. <laughs> well, who knows? If, if you have the Stanley Cup, everybody's got a shot at it, especially if you got 24 teams in there. Uh, but, Andrew, yeah. always appreciate you being on the show. Appreciate all the listeners listening in. Enjoy Memorial Day weekend. Ranger Allison, I'm Connor Mills signing off. I've got the Sunday morning show for you from 6 to 12 on Sunday. And then Sports Fan right at 6.06 on Monday. Coming up after this, 7 o'clock, it's the Cincinnati Reds. 
Michael Lorenzen hits his first home run versus the Dodgers in 2016. Enjoy the broadcast coming up at 7.